from Genghis Khan in the heart of Hollywood, it's the Nighttime Show! Tonight we have Matt Walker, our head writer, me, the magical Mike Black, and our host, the bubbliest, fizziest, and low-caloriest host in the land, Stephen Kramer Glickman, our very special guest on the show, star of Hot Tub Time Machine, Interstellar, Observe and Report, and one kick-ass Instagram follower at Colette Wolf. It's Colette Wolf. Oh yeah! And nice. now our host, Stephen Kramer Glickman. That's me. Uh, wow, Colette, thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> we like to start our show out like we're doing morning radio. That was, I haven't heard the show before, so that was, we're not going to do the whole show in those voices. No, no, no. no, okay, no, no. We're yes, no. we are. No, I'm Colette Wolf. <laughs> Hello, Colette Wolf. You're on Spanky and the Turd. The morning suit. I don't know how they have that kind of energy. I, I because I do the cocaine, uh, oh, methamphetamines. I do that ninety-five point five morning show, the Frosty, <laughs> Heidi, and Frank show, yeah. and yes. they start at five o'clock in the morning. I get there at eight, and I'm like, I gotta slap myself awake. Like I, I don't know how how they do that. I've like, called you at eleven in the morning. You yelled at me for waking you up. Yeah, no, no, that's too early. <laughs> what I don't same, right? Yes. Thank you, Colette. <laughs> what is the proper time to call somebody? Uh, Never. Well, you could call in the morning, but I'm not going to answer before 1 p.m. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Noon 1. Yeah. That's about it for me. Yeah. Anyone in entertainment, yeah. it should be like after 1 o'clock. Yeah. I like about four hours to myself to wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good I don't have kids. Uh, well, I think my IQ you need gets like about... an hour to shame spiral. Yeah. yeah. An hour to look in the mirror and Get go, the what fog, the fuck have I done with my life? Get the out of my <laughs> yeah. brain. So, like, my IQ is about 30 points less before noon. Like, I'm just dumb in the morning. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll make bad decisions early in the morning. Like I'll, You make uh, bad decisions all day long. That's very, that's, what that's, you do. that's your very, thing is making bad decisions. I won't true. even like allow myself to look at Amazon until like one o'clock because I'll buy all the wrong But crap. what about the treasure truck? I know. It's at 9 a.m. every I day. Know. I get alerts about the treasure Wait, truck. Wait, what the fuck is the treasure truck? You're not on you the treasure truck? the treasure truck? Colette, no. do you know what the treasure truck no is? You so, okay. These fucking A couple hobos. times a week. I guess you just hate life. And yeah. <laughs> and a couple times wow. a week. Delicious steaks and weird. Yeah. Like Amazon hits. will send you a text message at 9 a.m. a couple times a week. And they're like, today on the treasure truck is like this Kate Wolf handbag the other day or some some big designer and they're like 50% off or normal price of $400 you get it for $200 or whatever and you're like okay if you want it you can go on and buy it but then they tell you like five places the treasure truck's going to be throughout the day and you have to be like oh I'll go meet it in Irvine at the Spectrum at 2pm and you got to pick like one of those yeah. and then you have to be there at that time to get the deal or you'd lose the deal. I mean, I have a lot of time to kill. This sounds like a great you idea. You got to get like on the treasure truck. This could be good. Great. It's, it's love like it. It's like cardio and shopping. All yeah, because so like, you don't know you what it's going to be. It? They, they on Amazon, if, if you're good at Amazon, they tell you things like that. <laughs> if you're oh, good at I see. Amazon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go back to Amazon, Amazon school. You're good at Amazon. I'm pretty good at Amazon. <laughs> I'm pretty bad at Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they have those buttons where it's like hot button where all you have to do is like press it and then it just orders immediately. Buy it now. And so I pressed it and then I was like, did Nothing happened, so I pressed it two more times. Oh. Yeah. And, and you got three of them. I ordered uh, <laughs> literally 22 pounds of dog food. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do with well, all this dog food? In- instead of the treasure truck, they-, they send you to the value hobo. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you can catch him, he gives you a deal. <laughs> Whatever he's got in his shop. I've got some for you. They have, those, they have physical buttons you can... 
I don't know why you do this. Like you pay them money to ship you a physical button that you put in your house and then you press the button and it orders whatever it is. Like you can like sell it up for like Tide and like then you press the Tide button and it just orders Tide to be shipped to you. But I'm like, wait, what? no, you have a, a specific Tide a button? A physical button, yeah, just for one thing. Just to order Tide. Yeah. But I, then know, have, I know that that's your true. Your whole apartment would be full of buttons. I know. I don't get it. I Here's don't know why anybody, I, And you pay them money for the privilege to have this button in your house like to buy more a stuff really from them. Shitty spaceship. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is <laughs> a, you have to be the laziest and most organized person ever yeah. Yeah. to have those buttons. Yeah. Because I, in order yeah. to get a button set up and rigged yeah. and whatever, you'd have yeah. to be like All kind of on top of your and shit. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like then a whole thing. To never want to shop, you're also kind of the laziest. Yes, that's very true. Because you're too lazy to say Alexa. Order Tide. Like, who's the market for that? Yeah. Well, my my uh, my my cousin <laughs> my cousin has it set up. He oh. has he has a button on his desk to order uh, more diapers for his baby mm-hmm. because he has a baby. And so someone got him the button, and I went to his office, and I was sitting across from him while he was on the phone, <laughs> and I just started tapping on the button, and I tapped <laughs> I tapped the button I tapped the button about twenty seven times, and he yeah. had to go on on Amazon and cancel twenty seven orders yeah. of diapers. <laughs> I'm not good at things. I would like I'm pretty to, bad at stuff. I wish I had the swerve or the game or what have you to have the button for condoms. Mm-hmm. And just, oh, const- you just order them up. I guess I'm going to have to hit that button again <laughs> that would in be, two days. That would be nice. Colette and me uh, ran into each other at Chipotle, uh, mm-hmm. incidentally. Uh, very awkward. Well, first. Well, first, we ran into... Here's how we first ran into mm-hmm. each other. We were. Uh, I was standing in line. I went to a Disney audition for a mm-hmm. show, uh, and it did not It did not go well. The audition did not <laughs> did go well. Did you book it? I did not book it. Uh, also, my, ex, my ex-girlfriend was in the waiting room oh, auditioning mm-hmm. for another role on the show. And Is that the... Crikey. Crikey. That one? No, 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 no. Oh, the, from from okay. like before Shrek, okay. like back in the old days. Oh, okay. Oh, and yeah. like, so we're sitting across from each other, and it's like super awkward. And there's like this weird, there's our, it's like weirdness. And then I went in, and I sucked. And I was like, ah, son of a bitch, I suck at this. And then I go to Starbucks, and I'm like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get something to eat and go home. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. And I'm standing in line, and, and they told you to leave Starbucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so guy, you can't do that in here. I turn to the guy behind the counter, and I go, I go. He goes, How's your day going? I I go, I just had a shitty audition. Sucks. This business is such a pain in the ass. And then I look and she's standing behind me. Colette's behind me. And I go, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I don't, like, we had never met before. But I immediately recognized her. Like, she was right behind me. And I was like, I know you. This business is a pain in the ass, right? And you were like, right. Totally. <laughs> well, so like, my yeah. end of the story Cake is. Cake pops for everyone. I yeah. came out of hot yoga and I wanted to go to the Starbucks drive through which is my usual jam. And I was like, you know what? You're never going to meet him. You got to go in places. Stop going to drive throughs Have given myself a little pep talk. And then I walk into Starbucks, and this guy is there. Boom. Having a meltdown over an audition. I'm like, oh, it must be yeah. meant to be. I'm like, it's going to be okay, whatever. And, and this is said, why you should always use the drive-thru. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> otherwise, you end up on podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. it was great. And then he emailed me to do the podcast, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. But then I went out of town. I forgot about it. Two days later, I see him in Chipotle, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well... 
God wants me to be on your podcast. Yeah. Yes. So here yes, we are. Totally. I'm and so happy. By the way, here who too. wants to me meet too. people? I, I want to not meet people anymore. I don't want to meet anybody else. I've met every person I need to meet in my life. I'm yeah. done. You're done with it. Done meeting people. Don't need to meet anyone else. I, I get. The, I have those days. You ever have those days where you're just like, I'm fucking enough. I got enough friends. Yeah. Well, I'm full. I feel like I have enough friends, but I do have days where I don't feel like meeting anyone or yeah. seeing anyone, even the friends I have. Yeah. Right. Right. But then other times, I'm like, no, oh, be open. No, get I out love. There. Yeah. You gotta get out there you, you gotta, gotta get out there people. you gotta do things yeah you gotta just stir it up a little bit do you have to totally <laughs> i'm well, still up on the idea of god sending you to chipotle for something <laughs> i know to, to get something that's done. my god <laughs> yeah uh, get like, on a podcast and have e coli god's well, like i read the last 50 of her prayers uh, yeah i'm just gonna send her to chipotle <laughs> 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 hope, hope for the best guacamole for all <laughs> yeah. um when when we first met i was like oh i recognize you and i knew you from a couple different shows and uh this is the worst Right. You're the worst. You're the worst. Yeah. From you're the worst. And uh, there's a couple different shows. This I is the worst. Would be a terrible <laughs> <way for laughs> <a> show. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. That's what um, we're renaming this podcast. However, however, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, I get home. I I look your name. However, up. however, I look. I go home. I look your name up, and my mind kind of exploded out of the back of my head because you're in one of my favorite movies ever made. It launched the career of one of my favorite people ever, and and it and it must have launched your career as well, uh, the Foot Fist Way yeah. with Danny McBride. Yeah. And you're fucking amazing in that. And he's got this line where he says to you, and I'm gonna misquote it completely, but he's like, he says something to you like, um, like, uh, oh, you do yoga? Oh, that's cool. Uh, uh, I bet it doesn't uh, stop rapists. Or something like this, like <laughs> try using yoga to fight up a rapist. Good luck, or something like this. Like he has like this stuff. There's so many great lines in that movie, and you're like you play so, so well opposite him because he's trying to flirt with you and impress you, and then get you to join his class. It's just you're. There's you're no better way to flirt with a woman than tell her what won't fend off rapists. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It That's was, my move. I got that script. That was the first thing I ever auditioned for. Ever. Was, well, no, I mean, I had done plays. Sure. Like mm-hmm. community theater and high school, but it was the first ever movie or... So I had just gotten a theatrical agent in North Carolina and he sent it to me and he was like, I think these guys are going to do some good stuff, so we'll try you out here. And if you do well, then I'll get you an audition for the big leagues. And the big leagues at the time was Ooh. One Tree Hill. Oh, yeah. And so, like, a, yeah. a co-star in One Tree Hill. you dance now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I... Went to this audition, and I remember when I read the script, I was like, I was reading it with my brother. We were driving down to South Carolina, and he was reading it to me, and I was like, this is funny. Like, we were shocked mm-hmm. at how funny it was. Yeah. And then when I met Danny, and he was, I was like, wow. I was so stunned because I had done so much crap stuff, you know, community <laughs> right. theater, yeah. whatever, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, it just shocked me. But I didn't ever think it would be anything. I just thought it'd be, you know. Yeah, you do a lot of, like, when you first start, you do a lot of crappy projects on faith. Yeah. You know, and you're like, this guy's like, me and my aunt wrote this, and you're like, oh, shit. And you're like... Yeah, to get your feet wet. Well, I was (laughs) so green that it was like anything seemed exciting. Like, I was like, I'm on board for something, a piece of crap. Yeah, but (laughs) let's do it. For you to end up in... Uh, in this movie, directed uh, by Jody Hill, mm-hmm. uh, Jody, who also directed uh, Vice Principals, Eastbound and Down, Observe and Report, and tons and tons of other amazing stuff. Like that's it's crazy though. It's like Danny McBride. I mean, though the that whole that whole like thing. It's it was very very small. And as far as I remember, the story that kind of goes with it is that. Uh, 
it somehow Will Ferrell got involved or somehow his company got involved to give it distribution or yeah, something Gary like Sanchez, that? they uh, yeah. bought it. And then so it was just an indie. It was just an indie point. thing, yeah. That Jody Hill had put on his credit cards. Wow. Yeah, which is like financial suicide. Not a great idea. Yeah. If yeah. young filmmakers are listening, probably don't do it. It probably won't work out. It worked <laughs> but out it did for, for him. him and for Kevin Smith, and that's yeah. About that's it. the yeah. only guys yeah. I know that's who have list. done that. Yeah, it's insane. He put like seventy-seven thousand dollars on credit cards to make that movie. Well, how do you get seventy-seven wow. grand in credit on credit I, cards? I don't know. But well, you know how <laughs> Kevin Smith. You know how Kevin Smith did it. Is he told uh, the credit card companies that he was the manager of the video store that he worked at uh-huh. and then he would answer the phone at the video store where he was an employee and say oh yes hi and he would like say a fake name he'd go this is Greg of course yeah oh no Kevin is definitely the manager here <laughs> and so like he would get he got himself approved to get the limit. for a million different cards and that's <laughs> and then he maxed all of them out doing clerks but which is wow. you know a, a yeah. very very scary way of getting into yeah. the business but that's, I mean, it's amazing that it worked out as well as it did. I know. And yeah. that was so random how I met them, which is why I, be, I believe it was a God thing. Same with us in Chipotle. Sure. Like, you just <laughs> never know. Crazy you shit happens. You never know. No, you never which know. That's why you should be open to meeting new people. Yeah, Matt, yes. be open, you son of a bitch. I just, What's I don't the like matter people. With you? So just if God like tells you to max out your credit or go to Chipotle, <laughs> listen. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Col- Col- no, I don't know. Where did, you, uh, where did you grow up? Uh, in King George County, Virginia. Oh, wow. The fascinating, fascinating, well-known town. Huh? Southern Virginia? No, it's yeah, kind yeah. of, it's an hour and a half from Richmond, an okay. hour and a half from I've been D.C. To Richmond. It's like no man's land. I used to go to Richmond every year for the uh, uh, Richmond Highland Games. Every oh, year my when God. When I was in the pipe band at Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. What, are, yeah. what is the Richmond Highland Games? What happens? Well, there's dudes in kilts throwing telephone poles around and my bagpipe band would be competing what i thought but i wasn't certain you can <laughs> i go, was like uh, is it actually Scot- you can go get scottish shepherd's games? pie and uh eat some haggis see do a they, now do they have sheep herding shir- demonstration shirling does that game happen there no. i wouldn't think it would that Where? one's that's an irish game <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh no. darn. can't do that yeah. i would love to see that live yeah you know what that is? No. Where they put a snake on a barrel and uh, two teams of three are around it and try and get the other team members bit by the snake. Oh, that sounds terrifying. It's horrifying. It's what, you, it's what, on ESPN. It's what we I'd do watch. every other Thursday. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Look, ESPN, Our team is undefeated so far. ESPN just showed the National Cornhole Championship, which I watched. All right. Why not show Sherling? That's <laughs> way more Christ interesting. Sake, yeah. Matt. Please, yeah. Please specify... Or clarify what <laughs> the sport of cornholing is. Okay, cornhole is a game where there's a Who board. Who doesn't know what cornhole is? With a I'm hole afraid in it. I do, and, yeah. and that I really <laughs> hope this isn't on ESPN. It's like a board. It's like a, a, wood a board, board with a hole in it where you throw. And you stand like thirty feet away, and you throw this. You throw bean like bag. bean bags at it to try to get them in the hole. And your pants are off. Oh, thank God! Uh, <laughs> thank Colette. God that is not what I thought it was. <laughs> Dear God oh. in heaven. Uh, so, are you the uh, like in your family? Mm-hmm. Are there other people that were actors or actresses or things like that? No, my dad's a computer scientist. My mom was a hairdresser and then um, worked in child services. She got like a yeah, no social so, services. How did those two meet? Because that's a, an odd pairing. My parents, yeah, in high school. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, nice. mm-hmm. they were kids. Are they still, still are they still uh, around? Still yep, to- they're still together. Still wow, around. Oh, mm-hmm. they were very young when they had me mm-hmm. and my older sister. Wow, Catholic. Oh, so, sure. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. A strange so name for an older sister. Yeah. Catholic. <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> Catholic and Colette. That was us. <laughs> um, no, her name's Heather. <laughs> did um, you, did, uh, was, so how did you end up wanting to get into acting? Did you do, did you do like a lot of community theater or So my theater? sisters can both sing really well um, and do other things really well. I wasn't good at anything except for nice. theater mm-hmm. like right away like when I was like 10 I got cast in some play that I auditioned for I was the youngest person in the play it was some big southern baptist church did a play every and I what did you play well that initially the role was like to be Darren but they turned it into a girl's name because they were like she's great <laughs> wow. um, and but it was just like I had a loud voice and a big personality and so that was like Oh, that feels nice. And then yeah. we did a a speaking version of the Nutcracker when I was like in the fourth grade. I played the Nutcracker. Wow! Again, so it was just the kind of thing where I was like, oh, I must be. And then as I got older, I love psychology and I love mm-hmm. human behavior. And so I got to play some really cool things in high school. And I had a really cool uh, theater teacher in high school who had studied in New York, and oh, she taught me all cool. about Uda Hagen. And she mm-hmm. was young and to just come back to this small town to teach for like two years, and it happened to be when I was in high school. Wow. And so I kind of discovered, oh, I really like not just the being on stage, but this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. delving Analysis into scripts, and, and yeah. yeah. And then because nobody I knew had ever been an actor or done anything like that, I went to college for psychology and sociology, and then I had a whole other career. I worked in insurance after college as a claims adjuster. It was mm-hmm. suicide-inducing. I hated it. <laughs> you Sorry, were the one Geico. saying no to everyone? Oh, my, I, it was so That was your hot. job, was it to was say no one. every time, right? No, no, no. It was like claims adjusting. So I'd like people in terrible car accidents, like uh-huh. bodily injury type shit. And oh, so I did God. that for like nine months. Okay. And then it was during the um, 9-11 stuff. Mm-hmm. That era, yeah. So I was like, oh my God, this is the world. Like, this is, you graduate from college and you do this. So So you felt like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah, you were like, or Ed Norton, I guess was half of them, yeah. So, um, and then I was like, oh, I'll be a... a behavioral counselor, so I did that uh, for three like, years. Oh, I'm getting too depressed at this job. I'll be a behavioral counselor. Yeah, but I did it with like kids that have like behavior problems, and so that was oh terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but turns out I'm really good at manipulating small groups of teenage girls, and so I was really wow. good at it. Wow. Um, and I loved leave it. That alone. Way, I loved it. I loved <laughs> yeah. the. Being By the way, can, in that can we get? Uh, can we find that hot tub time machine? Have you go back in time and teach that to me when I was a teenager? <laughs> that was really useful. I was not good at manipulating teenage girls. Um, wow. Uh, I just mean, yeah, just socially how to. Get yeah, them no, no, to yeah. no. We, we, we yeah. know what you meant. Okay, these fucking. That's why I. I mean, I. Not gonna touch that. Um, yeah. Okay, so That's and then I went, I went to grad school for sociology. Then, guys, yes. I had this epiphany. I what was happened? like, I went to this self leadership training for my counseling job, sure. and when I was there, it was all these people in their mid forties who talked about all the things that they had wanted to be, and now they owned homes and had kids, and they couldn't do their dream. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my dream was to be an actor. And I'm only 24 and I don't own a home and I don't have any kids and I'm not married. Why am I not doing it? And so that Absolutely. started the yeah. journey. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. great. That's a, and how old were you when that happened? 24. Wow. Like she just said 12 seconds ago. She was 24. Yeah. And then, and then the first thing I auditioned for was Foot, Foot Fist Way. Foot Fist Way. Wow. Crap. Which is why I'm like, God might be real. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't amazing. know. That's which an incredible is, thing. Hence the Chipotle thing. I'm yeah. like, you never know. <laughs> you never know. No, you really don't. That's that's amazing. Uh, how soon after that did you move out to Los Angeles? Like, how soon? Um, well, so I went to New York after Foot Fist Way and a couple of other independent films that I had done because I was like, I'm ready. I booked mm-hmm. a Subway commercial. I have $5,000 in my pocket. I'm yeah. going to New York because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be a theater actress. That was really hard. And then in 2007, January 2007, I came out here and booked my first audition. Wow. In a Will Ferrell movie. And I was like, okay, so I'm. Semi-pro. Yeah. So I was like, LA is my home. Cool. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. How how was it to work with with Will on that movie? Was it fun? It was so cool. It was the, the, okay, so I had auditioned for Talladega Nights when I lived in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I got a call back. And I was in Las Vegas for a friend's wedding and couldn't go to the callback. And I cried for oh. like three days. Oh, I'm never going to get, when am I ever going to have another chance? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Cut to three years later. <laughs> it was only three lines in the movie. And when I went in to audition for it, um, I had decided that she was a cheerleader. So I planned this whole cheer. I did a whole thing that wasn't in the script because I didn't know any better. I hadn't auditioned before. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did this whole routine and then I left and they came out and got me and they were like, hey, Colette, can you come back in and read the lines? And I was like, oh, my God, I totally <laughs> forgot. Um, and so I read the lines and I booked that part. And it was such a small, it was three lines, which got cut from the movie. But it was two months <laughs> on a huge studio movie as a principal Shit. speaking role. Yeah. So yeah. I had made more money on that than I had ever made in a year. Amazing. And everyone's being nice to you. And you oh, my God, so nice. You get your <laughs> yeah. hair done and you get... It was amazing. And yeah. to get to be around like big movie stars and kind of let yeah. that settle in, like, okay, don't be a weirdo. Doing stuff like that is kind of like movie star fantasy camp. Yeah. You know, it like was even amazing. if it's just one day, they still treat you the same way. Totally. You know? Yeah. It was incredible. That's was amazing. amazing. Yeah. Uh, after that, I know you did uh, I know you did a couple episodes. You did some an episode of Reaper and you yep. did uh, Four Christmases. Sure. Yeah. And then you go into Observe and Report. Observe and Report, which... Incidentally, very interesting uh, situation in the history of movie making. Observe and Report is happening at the same time. They're making that the same time as they're making uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Right. And it's similar movies, but Observe and Report is brutal as fuck. Right. Like that movie is like dirty. It's super offensive. Real dark. It's really dark. And I love that movie. Like that movie was like for us. Like that's like a fun movie. Yeah. And Paul Blart was for like you know some mom in Ohio, which yeah. is fine. Yeah, I'm, I never I'm, saw it. Moms yeah. in Ohio. Never need saw movies Paul Blart. Too, I never yeah. saw it. No, because I was married to Jody Hill at the time, and so you were married to Jody Hill at the time. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't yeah. know that. So it was in our household. We weren't going to be watching that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. 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 We long, didn't miss anything. No. No. Did you guys get married be- like after doing? Foot Fist Way together? Uh, no, well, we, no, it, like a couple years went by and then after I moved here we started dating and then a couple years after that we got married. So I'm not sure, that we had already made Observe and Report and then after that we got married. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a, it's an interesting uh, thing to, to be involved with someone else that's in the business and still be working and that sometimes that works out well. Other times it's uh, it's very that's a very tricky that can be a very tricky situation. Yeah. Was was that a tricky situation for you? I mean, 
you know, we're no longer married. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I mean, I, I know, I know a lot of people in this business that have been married to like, you know, to someone else that works in, in it with them. Uh-huh. And yeah. the, the way that it seems like it works the best in, in it's good in some ways because they know what you're going through and you know, kind of what they're going sure. through. But then at the same time, you know, it, it can pull people apart for large amounts of time and, and also egos and, you know, stuff. And there's a lot. There's so Well, yeah, without going into too much of that, sure. I will say I feel like work-wise, that was the best part of our relationship. Like, yeah. we got along great. He was super supportive. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. So it wasn't that. Oh, that's good. That's good. good. Yeah. Right. We don't have Although your... the time apart, you know, that six months at a time mm. going places. Yeah. yeah. I think that you know, they more than made anything. the show in Puerto Rico and I was like, are yeah. you literally like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or that yeah. kind of thing. So that wasn't. We don't have your part. qualifications, so we can't really ask you questions about what really went on because we don't know how to even ask those questions. No, uh, we right. don't. We're. I think the ideal a... situation is like what Holly Hunter had where some friend of hers had a friend that was a huge Holly Hunter fan. Yeah. And she was like, give him my number. Yeah. <laughs> and now she has like a live-in fan. Who doesn't want like a live-in fan? Hey guys, if I have time. a fan out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you know, Kate, Kate Flannery, uh, who was just on our show from mm-hmm. The Office, her and her boyfriend have been together for like 15, 16 years. He's the photographer and the DP for like all these huge shows. He's been he's been working since Cheers mm-hmm. and they have been together 15 16 years. They do not live together and they they both bought houses or apartment or condos before they got together and have kept their places but they go and spend the night at each other's places all the time. Okay, so to me that sounds ideal. Yeah. I mm-hmm. bought my own home and so I've thought about this often. I don't want to be with some and then have to like give up my home or yeah. they have to give up theirs. And then they're living in my house, which is super well, like girly. The, uh, the Frida Kahlo, Diego Rivera house where yeah. it's like two houses, but there's a hallway in between. Right, yeah. They each have their own t- whole house. Yeah, who's that actress? What you got to use? Yeah. Oh, Tim Burton and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, Helena Bonham Carter. They have this exact same thing. Two big giant houses yeah. with a hallway in between. What's well, just you get a duplex. And one of you has the a upstairs, duplex, yeah. Or, or I could just keep my house, and his there. house could be 15 yeah. miles away. I only want to see someone twice a month. Yeah. Really, <laughs> I mean, if yeah. I'm honestly, being honest, you guys yeah. laugh. That yeah. sounds fucking ideal. Right? No, I'm with like, you. Like, be your twice own a month person, would be do your own thing. We're all ready to then, sign up right now. I'm uh, my, I, my, my put girl, me on the waiting list. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll take a number. I've been with my girlfriend six and a half years, and for the last four years. She goes off and house sits for like two <laughs> weeks out of the month uh-huh. at people's houses and dog sits and stuff. And so when she's home, I'm like, fuck yeah, she's around. I'm so excited. And then when she <laughs> is gone, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, oh. she's I'm gone. Like, oh, I'm so excited. I, no, I don't do that. I go, oh, I miss her, but I'm going to go see a movie with Mike, you know, <laughs> or I'm going to go to the improv and stay there till four in the morning. Like, no, no, what you do is you call me one in the morning. I have to walk my fucking dogs because my girlfriend isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, I'm quality <laughs> time over quantity. Yes, that I feel good, like that, yeah, absolutely. Sense. You yes. know, because we were just saying sense. you don't want to be away from somebody for six months. Or, but then no. when you are together, if somebody is really stressed with work, then even when you see them, it's not really. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not good fun. time. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, you no, want that's like, so hard. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm with you. Um, uh, in observant report, you got to work with uh, one of my favorite people ever, Seth Rogen. Yeah, who's amazing. What What was he like to be around? I mean, he, 
I can't believe how he makes everything look effortless. So, and at the time, I mean, I was still so green and so new. I mean, I'm still, I'd still be a nervous wreck, but he's like, here's this huge studio movie. He does a table read, no problem. Everything he does, it's just effortless. And he's very funny sure. all the time. Wow. Like, it's not just like when yeah. he's in the movie or on screen, similar to Danny McBride, somebody that's just, you know, they're a star when you're around them. You're like, oh, you're a star. Yeah. Totally. Did you know that one of Steven's first movies, he played Seth Rogen? That is really? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played Seth Rogen in a parody of all the Judd Apatow movies. It was the 41-year-old virgin that knocked up Sarah Marshall and felt super bad about it. I talk, oh, I talk my like, God. I talk like this the entire time. I kind of see a similar <laughs> or feel a similar kinda, energy. I had a wig, and I just I did like a... Like a <laughs> That's I tried, great. I tried to do my best. So. Like yeah. if Harold Ramis ate too much mac and cheese. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. That was exactly what it was. Um, so then I'm going to jump with you to... Uh, a movie of absolute epicness. A movie, in fact, where we just we just spoke about it on our live show with Lisa Loeb because uh, yeah. Lisa Loeb, uh, her song "Stay" was covered in this movie by Craig Robinson, uh, "Hot Tub Time Machine." Hot Tub mm-hmm. Time Machine. Whoa! Yeah. Now, when the world first heard the name "Hot Tub Time Machine." Mm-hmm. I think everyone at the same time was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that was what I thought, but Is I auditioned that... for it anyway. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, what, like, walk us through that experience a little bit, because that movie is fucking amazing. It's a hilarious movie. Yeah. John mm-hmm. Cusack, Craig Robinson. Uh, who else is in that? That's Yeah, that's uh, a movie that defied Rob, my Rob expectations. Clark Duke. I mean, that's Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Um, you know. I know. Look at his career. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, my God. But he's so good. Yeah. It's amazing. In that world. Amazing. Yeah. In uh, yeah, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. And, uh, with the thing with Margot. Uh, what was oh, that? Oh, yeah. I, Tanya. Oh, my oh God. My he was God. so good in that. Oh, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What yeah. a talent. Yeah. So yeah. How, how did you get involved in that, in that film? I auditioned. Um, yeah. Yep. Went on an audition. And there, was, um, <laughs> there were a couple things that were written in there that were funny, but you'd physically have to act them out. Mm-hmm. One of them was a sex scene that I would have with Rob Corddry. And in the sex scene there was a comedic beat that I felt needed to be acted out to get the full effect of the mm-hmm. joke. So I humped the floor during that part and no one laughed. Steve Pink was in the room who directed <laughs> it and I was horrified, but I just kept going because yeah. I was like, well, fuck it, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah. And then that's they the real me actor in, the, in you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm committing leave to this it all choice. here. Like, yeah. yeah. But he told me later that he was just dumb. They were so surprised, and they were like, you were perfect for it. They and probably we didn't just, want to fuck up the take either by I laughing. I guess, you know? yeah, yeah. So he said we were just surprised, and that was why no <laughs> wow. one laughed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That must have been, that, where did you guys shoot that? Do you remember where you shot it? Uh, we shot parts of it in Canada, in um, Fernie, yeah. Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, a large part of it there. That's Do you have relatives there, Stephen? Uh, in Fernie? <laughs> No, I don't. You don't know uh, everyone in Canada? I yeah. only know four people in Canada. Okay. Uh, Are you Canadian? I am yes. Canadian. Okay. He's a Canadian. Uh, from London, Ontario. Okay. From the London. But most of my family's in Montreal. They're all, you know. Which Do they speak just, French? No, they're the Jews. Okay. The Jews don't speak <laughs> French. Jews okay. of Montreal. Uh, we were just talking about this the other day. It's accent problems like mm-hmm. do you have an accent do you have an accent when you i from where you this grew is up? the voice i i've You've had, had my whole life yeah wow yeah, so you fine. never had to change anything no anyway, well so. so before uh moving to king george county when i was eight we lived a bunch of different places because my dad was in the air force oh, wow. oh okay so you got yeah. a little bit from all over yeah yeah, yeah that's the way to did do you it. live overseas at all 
No, nothing exciting. Born out here in Riverside, moved to Texas, and then Miami, back to Texas, Virginia. Wow. Yeah. So you're so all a California native. Yeah. Returning to I your was home here life. for two yeah. months yes. until I was two <laughs> months old. Yeah. Well, how's your family? It counts. How's your family reacted to you? Uh, you know, doing TV and movies, and you know, sisters and parents. Like, how have they? I feel like it was. It's been slow enough. Um, I think that initial getting the initial uh, invite to Sundance that was mind blowing. Um, and then, and then the Will Ferrell thing because it was such a small part. It still felt. You know, like I'm trying to make my way. Everything mm-hmm. felt really slow sure. uh, yeah. to my family, I think. So it's kind of they've adjusted and they're not, I don't know. It's not like, oh, my God, this happened overnight. We can't believe it. It's like, oh, okay. Did they slow. ever give you the like, oh, are you still trying to do an acting thing? You want to go back and do some counseling? Like, do you ever get that? No, like for, I mean. Not now, but I mean when you were. No, more lately, actually. Oh, really? So I had one of my mom's <laughs> girlfriends uh, mm-hmm. said to me, um, <laughs> She said, you know, you've done the acting thing, so shouldn't you come back here and start a family? This was oh, recent. Wow. This was over wow. last Christmas. Yeah. And that's some old school patriarchy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's very alive and well there. And yeah. um I don't know. I maybe partly in my brain I do like have that like imagine that. Like, oh, it would be nice to just have a different life. Like just it feels tap like because this for, is yeah. yeah. But Tap also, out for I don't, 18 years. I know. I don't think I could actually do it, though. I'm too far in. Yeah. Like, I've given this yeah. everything, and I no. love it when it's going yeah, well. Yeah, you don't really get to leave the circus. No. You know? No, because nothing else will ever... No. Yeah. No. No. no, will well, ever come close to that joy that you get when you're, like, really Yeah, It's like you mentioned, yeah. it. like, you when met those people. you're passing out orange slices at the soccer game, it's I know. like, fuck yeah. this. Holy shit. No, <laughs> yeah. thank you. It's like you mentioned you met those people that are all in their 40s, and they're like, oh, I never got to live my dream, and, like... Like, I went to a party, like, Christmas party that a realtor I know through, and I go there, and, like, I'm the only, like, entertainment-type person because I do stand-up. And I'm like, oh, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian. And they're like, wow, can you tell me what that's like? Like, what do, what do you like to do? And I was just like, oh, these people are miserable. They're miserable yeah. in their regular life. Like, they all wanted to do something else, and they never got a chance to do it. Well, me and Mike had, had dinner with my cousin recently. Oh, who, God. Oh, yeah. Who's a real estate agent. Okay. He's mm-hmm. great. And Here? Great guy. It was a great, uh, what's it called? It was like a like a um, character study. <laughs> where we were both, we both, and it's something, I've, I've been around him my whole life, but me and Mike have never sat with him together for yeah, dinner. I had never met him. He'd never met him. And he, we, it was like we were watching him for the first time, like ever. <laughs> and he's older than me. And he turns to us and he goes, so, I mean, you guys, so, I mean, like, how do you make money? I mean, because I know what stand-up comedy pays, so it can't be that. I mean, like, how are you guys paying your bills? I mean, like, what do you, like, what do you do? What do you do? And he's, like, doing this in front of his daughter. Like, and he's, like, and it was me and Mike were kind of just looking at each other, just being like, well, you know, we we make a, a good living, and... We, yeah, we, and he kept like we busting do, balls he, through the he whole. He kept kind of giving a shit for it, and it was like we were watching him and like kind of being like, "Wow, like this is like this this guy's really doing this." And then you know, this is the same guy who's like, "Oh, I can't wait to come to your show next week." You know, like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. can I get four free tickets to come to the show?" Like, yeah. "Oh, you're in this movie. Uh, will you call my kids and like do the voice over the phone for them?" Like, it's. It's yeah, so it's like, you want four weird. free tickets. You think I'm starving to death. <laughs> <laughs> you want four free tickets to this yeah. show. Like, you know? It was so weird to see it, to see it with someone else's eyes, to be like, oh, yeah. you see what I 
deal with all the time. Like, right. This is fucking mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, people. Uh, people can get a. It can get a little weird. Do you? Um. Like I know that you know since so okay so. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna keep jumping back in. I'm gonna jump back in. Okay. Um, because you're, like, you you've done a lot of stuff. You've worked mm-hmm. on a lot of shows. What's your favorite, like, favorite TV show that you've gotten to work on? Like, even if it's you're just the worst. Episode, that's your favorite. My favorite. Yeah. Why? Why is it your favorite? I think just because I related to the characters. Like, I could see my <laughs> friends and I could see people that I know. I mean, it's obviously the worst version of them, but. I, I just related to it. I liked that it's set in LA. I felt like I was part of something cool and relevant, and yeah. and I loved my character. That was FX, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fucking cool. Yeah, they make FXX. Cool stuff. FXX. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make I even know. cooler. Sounds terrible, yeah, but no, they're even cooler. <laughs> they though. are. They are. Yeah, because they make uh... watch me on thugs. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, uh, no, and I love Stephen Falk, who created it. Totally. He had given me like a huge break with this other show that never aired on NBC. Um, he made me the lead of that what? with Jeffrey uh-huh. Tambor and Dane Cook. Oh wow! Shit. Oh wait, is that wait the one? The radio guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that. We've pilot. seen that. Yeah. You have. So that yeah. was me. Oh my god. The lead girl. Of okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so, and then we made we made six of those, and then they never yeah, aired. That's it. like a legendary show that's stuck in a vault somewhere. Yeah. 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 So I've watched that pilot. Yeah. I've, I've. It was uh, like the break I thought of my life. I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> I have this arrived. It. This is. It. I mean, I can't tell you how many of those I've had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. And then it isn't. That's like yeah. Bob Oshak tells the story about how. He got booked on Oprah as like a young comedian, and he was like, "On the flight there, I was looking out the window, going, this is the last time you're flying coach, brother.' <laughs> <laughs> like, Ten years later, still flying totally. coach. <laughs> totally, these like peaks and valleys. Yeah, yeah. It's the life of a working actor, though. It I is. Like. There's there's a lot of ups and downs to it, and and you have to kind of keep checking back in and keep your friend circle tight and, yep. and have people that you can turn to and be like, I just, I just went to this and it fucking sucked, you know, or, yeah. or yeah. I just had like the best yeah. experience. You, and people you can say that to like the people behind you in line at Starbucks. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if no. you don't have friends, you can <laughs> you know go what, to a guys? Starbucks. <laughs> you sons of bitches. Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you know, but like, you know what I mean? Like you have mm-hmm. to keep, uh, you know, the, you have to keep communicating with people about wh- which we're l- lucky enough. We all do stand up, so we get to go in front of a room full of people. Because sometimes you have an audition or an experience that's so shitty in this town, you can't tell one person. You have to tell two hundred people. Right. Totally. Know? And that's that's my favorite part about doing stand up is like you have a bad thing, you go up in front of a room, and you're like, I gotta tell you about this fucking horrible audition <laughs> I had, where this <laughs> this guy wouldn't stop texting the whole way through it, and I took his phone out of his hand. Like that <laughs> that may be a mistake. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that. All right. One time I went to a Disney audition and they had uh it was pouring rain outside and it was raining against the the window and if the if and you could i could see the rain because it's pouring against the window and the and i walk in i'm soaking wet and the casting director goes oh is it raining out there and i go it's behind you i said that in the room it's behind you and she went 
okay, uh, let's do your thing. And I, and I did not get it. You know, he'll be um, fun to work with for yeah, 16 totally, hours. Yeah. This is the guy. Yeah. This is yeah. the guy you want to work with. When they sure. keep you waiting for two hours. Yeah. They're like, yeah. she seemed low energy. Well, no, fucking shit. So I just started doing stand-up this year. Did you oh, really? really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where, are you, where are you doing it? What's well, happening? okay, so there's this lady named Judith Shelton in Atwater Village, mm-hmm. and she's amazing. She has a little class, and it was all women. So we just get together like a little writer's group. And oh, then, that's fun. Yeah, and then stand up and do it. And then we go like a en masse pack to mm-hmm. Tao Comedy um, and okay. do like their open mic night it's or whatever. Now, it's right? really fun. Yeah. Wow. I'm still obsessed with having jokes, though. I love this idea that you guys are talking about, about just getting up and talking. Yeah. Which I haven't done. Well, try it. It's fun. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. You get to a point where you learn how to mix the jokes into just talking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I call it writing on stage uh, where you just take like funny nuggets of things that happened over the last month and just have a couple of those kind of in your back pocket that you can like latch onto. Okay. If you start just talking crazy. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, reel it in. What's that one? Oh, yeah, this thing, <laughs> you know. Oh, interesting. Okay. And yeah. like, and when I do bits, they're not always the same. Like when I do a bit, it's like, well, how am I going to tell it this time? Well, I don't know. I know what the funny part is and I just get there however I get there. Yeah. yeah. Like for a, a while, there was a there was a story that happened with me and uh, me and Matt where we went to a uh, to celebrate the nighttime show podcast. Mm-hmm. I think we went to go celebrate at a place called Pacific Dining Car. Pacific Dining Car. Yes. Yeah, and so we went to Pacific Dining with Car Saba. with my friend Saba yeah. and I they had a deal. Do you remember what the deal was? It was the it's they like were open in 1921 or something they, they opened in 1921 so they had a deal where this steak dinner that was normally like 50 dollars was 21 dollars right at the time and it was like a 30 ounce steak or 20 25 ounce steak 25 Gross. 25 16 ounce. or something 16 ounce steak yeah. it was a 60 ounce steak i don't eat steak a lot so uh but i thought you know what this is a big night i'm gonna get two i'm gonna get um, the, i'm gonna spend the, the money shit. and i'll get i'll get the 16 ounce steak but i'll get another one just to take home and i'll eat it later you okay know? <laughs> and so then i ate the 16 ounce steak but then i was still hungry so i ate the other 16 ounce steak how so many I ate ounces 30, of steak is that 32 oh. ounces of steak <laughs> in one shot after not eating steak for like three years. He basically ate a cow's head. Yeah. 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 So I go home and I'm not feeling particularly well. Why not? I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like, anyways, I could go to bed. And so I lay in the bed and then I started getting pains in my stomach. Uh, But they were like pains like I was being stabbed from the inside with like a meat sword. Like it felt like Game of Thrones in my body was happening basically. Like I was just in a lot of, a lot of pain. And so I turned to my girlfriend in the middle of the night and I was like, we we have to go to urgent care. Right <laughs> like I'm in a lot of pain. So we get up in the middle of the night. She drives me to urgent care. I go in. She sits in the waiting room. The doctor checks me out, and he goes, he goes, okay, um, uh, and, and look, you, um, uh, what did what did you eat? I go, I ate a, th- a sixteen ounce steak, and then about ten minutes later, I, I ate another sixteen ounce <laughs> steak, and he goes. Okay, so the first thing I want you to do in the future is don't eat stupid. (laughs) Don't eat like an idiot. Try to eat like a normal, try to be like a normal person. For oh in the God. future, and I was like, uh, okay. And he goes, also take this pill, and it will clear you out. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah. I go. Thank you so much. Can I ask you a favor, though? He goes, sure. I go. I paid a hundred and sixty dollars to come in here yeah. in the middle of the night. Can we bring in my girlfriend? And will you tell her that the reason that my stomach hurts is because I'm pregnant? <laughs> 
<laughs> and he goes, uh, you want me to do a joke? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, Maybe. It's funny. You know, it's a funny thing. And so he was like, okay, all right. And so he goes, I, I try. I don't, know, I don't do comedy, but I try. And so I, he goes out and he gets her. And you met her. You know, she's, yeah. she's a fun, interesting lady. And so he comes out. He goes, uh, Rachel, please come into the room, please. And he like sits her down. And he's like, the reason your boyfriend is in so much pain in his stomach is because a man have sex with him in his asshole. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and he is now a pregnant man. And Rachel was like, what the fuck is going on right now? And started yelling at me. And, uh, and so anyways, so that story happened in real life. Mm-hmm. And I like that I w- the doctor chose on his own to embellish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was like, I'm going to improv. He's he like, like, it's he not would, funny enough. Yeah. We got to go. <laughs> Push it. Have to go blue. On yeah. this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. So like that happened to Matt and me in real life. And then I was like, I'm going to try that on stage and tell that story. And it took about like five or six times of telling it to get it to a place where like it has punchlines and it has like moments and jokes. But you know, like it, it works. It it like it's like a working bit. Yeah. But uh, but you can keep adding to it. Bombing you know. is so uncomfortable though. So I bombed once. Yeah. I had all these ALS jokes because my uncle had died of ALS, and it was he. I was really close to him, and um, yeah. And so I wanted to like talk about that. The lady who owns Dow or Tao Bobby. or whatever you call it, Bobby Oliver. Yes. Yeah. She's great, but yeah. apparently her dad is dying and so she yelled out my dad is dying of ALS and I was just frozen in fucking fear and then had to go through the rest of my jokes with no one fucking laughing um so yeah you know so wait what now what happened to your what was your relationship with ALS oh my uncle passed away two years ago from it and he was possibly one of the closest people in my life it's you can't it's hindsight's 2020 but yeah if someone yells something like that is like yeah well, my uncle just did. That's why I'm talking about it. Well, no, I had already said that. I had prefaced oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah, I prefaced it with that. In case, yeah, so oh, man. she, well, she said something when I got off, like, oh, I just wanted to make you uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the, accomplished. The, thing about, the thing about stand-up and bombing, too, which I, I feel like, uh, maybe you guys would agree with me on this. I'm not totally sure, but well, I you're the like, expert on bombing. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, is that like when when you like when you first start doing stand up, you're doing stand up for the audience, yeah. like, yes. and then at some point you stop caring, caring about mm-hmm. the audience and you start caring about yourself on stage and ma- and making yourself happy and making the other comedians happy. Like you want <laughs> you want the other comedians to be like. That was a fucking good bit, like when you get off stage. So, and if you have a bad set, it is sometimes just, it's not as enjoyable as having a good set, but it's up there. It can there. be amusing. It can it's, be amusing because you're like, because I did a show the other night with Mike Glazer, who I love and mm-hmm. adore. He's a great guy. And, and I opened with a joke about how my mom uh, bought a chicken and then called me to tell me that the chicken, it turns out the chicken has Down syndrome. That's what she <laughs> called me to tell me. This chicken. I said, Mom, that there's no such thing as a chicken with Down syndrome. Send me a picture. And she sent me a picture. And this motherfucker got Down syndrome. Oh, my God. Right? So I tell this story on stage. And the room clamped up like I was the fucking devil. Like, like they, mm-hmm. like the chicken was there. Yeah, yeah. like the chicken was there, and he <laughs> was mad at me that yeah. I was saying he had Down syndrome. People He's were right so here. upset with me, and and then I just had to like keep going, and and I and I was like, well, this 
is fucking hilarious because I'm ups- I've upset some people and <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, like because chicken fu- is like who cares about those people? Like I'm never gonna see that audience again. Well, so when I started, I did it for me. Like the whole reason to do stand up was to get a little bit of control back or power yeah, like oh sure. i don't want to just do performance when i'm given the opportunity right. which seems you know can sometimes be less than other times anyway so but then as soon as i started doing it i care so much about getting the laugh i care so much about sure being proud of whether or not this joke works or i don't know mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it'll, it'll just take some time i mean like it ta- it always takes some time with with stand-up to I'll come tell you, in. the worse the rooms are that you do the quicker you get better that because is totally true. Because if you're in true. rooms where people are attentive and they pay attention to what you do, then you're going to get a misleading sense of what's good or not. Yeah, if everyone's but by, supportive, if it's always like friends and family and stuff yeah. like that, it, you have no gauge on whether yeah, it's but like if you go to a bar where they want to watch the game on TV and they're pissed that people are in the corner talking, that's where you learn really quickly what's funny. That is 100% not. true. And Ugh, it's, and it's like, like you, you yeah. bomb and it's uncomfortable and it feels like crap, but... That's how you know your stuff is good. And then when you do a room where people are paying attention, it's the easiest thing and it's so fun. Yeah. Mm. Like that's the reward. I would say go to the comedy store as much as you can. Really? And they have open mic there. there? They do. And they have a bunch of different book shows that you can get on and stuff like that. Okay. Up in the belly room. And um, yeah. it's a lot of times I liken it to performing on a pirate ship. Okay. And <laughs> you can perform in front of a bunch of pirates every night. When you do a normal show at a normal place, there's nothing they can do that will derail you. <laughs> yeah, okay. and the other thing too is like your you being recognizable. Like you'll you get them for thirty seconds, thirty seconds to a minute. That's what Damon Wayans said. Is yeah. you oh. get one full minute where the audience goes, "I know that person," and then they go, "Now be funny." Yeah. So you, uh-huh. it doesn't matter you where, small where you do it. And if you do it sometimes at like shitty, shitty places, like at a bad bar or something like this, like it's rowdy and whatever, like do the, like the dojo, like that mm-hmm. place upstairs yeah. the, Sycamore. on Sycamore. Okay. It's the, the Sycamore Tavern. The Sycamore the dojo Tavern. Upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like one of those places where like, it's a room full of people. They're all sitting there watching a comic, but there's a bar. They can talk if they want to. And then you, you're going on stage with, you know, there's fucking great comics that are performing and they're all fighting to get laughs and they're all fighting for it. And like, you, it's a nice way of bonding yourself with other comedians too because okay. cause then you're not just performing with your circle. You're you're letting other people know you're part of the scene. You're like in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because everyone wants to feel like like you're in it like uh i feel like i want to get a solid six minutes before i do that and smart. i have some great blind dog jokes but i have to rewrite like my other three minutes that i felt pretty good about were these als things and i don't want to keep doing them because mm-hmm. of the experience of how just because i know what it felt like when my uncle was dying i don't know if yeah, I don't want to hurt people's feelings, Maybe and I know there hook. are other things. It's all things. like handicap. <laughs> that's really terrible. I, oh my god, please don't. People all are disabled. So, who is, it, is it Dave Chappelle who says people are brittle? What's that? Who yeah. was saying that? Yeah. yeah, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, he's so funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I want to get a solid six before I go to places like this. Here's what I say: Don't wait, because if you wait, it's going to take you a lot longer to get the six minutes. If you start going now. That's gonna make you make yeah. that happen. Really? Burn it. Like when, when I was brand new, we'll go. We'll, lady take yeah, like, we'll take you. We'll take really? you. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. when I was brand new, oh, okay. I started uh, 
going to the Canoga Park bowling alley. I lived in Whittier at the time. I was driving 40 miles each way, like twice a week to go up to do this open mic in Canoga Park. And I go to Santa Monica to the Unurban Cafe, which is still the worst open mic in all of Southern California. But I used to do it every week because it was the worst open mic in Southern California. Um, and like, I would just go to like the worst places I could partly because that's the only places I could get stage time, but uh-huh. also partly because I knew that was helping me get better faster. Um, and then, and then when Steven started, I took him to go perform at a video store. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> where people were picking up videos off the shelf behind us while we were trying to tell jokes. It was brutal. Did that kind of bit? I used to do a show called uh, Sarah's Dine and Dance, mm-hmm. which was the people on the lineup were like Ian Edwards and Owen Smith and Faison Love and uh, a lot of great black Craig comics. Robinson yeah. and Kim Whitley, all these amazing uh, black comics. And I would be the only white guy on the show. <laughs> How'd that and, go? Uh, first time I did it, I, I was doing a joke about flying on a dragon or some fucking stupid thing. And this guy in the audience goes, <laughs> and his girlfriend goes, don't laugh at him. He ain't funny. <laughs> And I was like, oh shit, this is really hard. And then I was like, I have to come back here every week until I'm good. And they Mm -hmm. would let me perform before the show started. So the show wasn't even starting. And I would go up and go and do a set. And it got me good. It got me, it got me good fast. It's like, that was like the place. Cause like the, the bowl, I did the bowling alley with you and I, I would go and do these, you know, these like shitty rooms in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. But uh, I used to do uh, Wild Coyotes in Montebello, which is now something else. They don't do open mics there. But that was a show where, like, at least three times when I was there, somebody got stabbed in the parking lot. Oh, Jesus like, Christ. That, that was, like, not unusual We don't there. want Colette getting stabbed, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. no. you know, the, I'm not been, that into it. You guys, no, I'm mostly an actress. Like, I, <laughs> no, ideally, I, I want to be, like, Laura Dern. Like, yes. that's who I feel like I am. I'm just well, waiting for the world to catch it's, up. Honestly, it's <laughs> they like will. a 50-50 chance you'll get stabbed. I wouldn't yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Well, no, those it, are good it odds. Feel, it, it, it'll, it'll feel good. Yeah. Like, when you're doing it and you're and you're yeah, doing it. Yeah, once you get stabbed that first time. Yeah, stabbed a couple times. No, 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 but, you know, like. Look, if I haven't gotten stabbed and I'm the biggest asshole that any of these people though you know you got nothing to worry about i'll be fine yeah Yeah. no you'll be fine um so before we wrap up i gotta i gotta mention uh ap bio which you you did like a bunch you've done a bunch of episodes yes um that show's incredible it's pat pat oswald and um from howerton howerton yeah how what's that set like is that a fun set to me because there's a lot of kids it was great the kids couldn't be nicer you know sometimes when you're with young people especially that age where it's like kind of college age high school age they're not that nice these kids are real kids like yeah adorable nice it was great who did you work with the most uh i would say glenn yeah yeah What's, and he's awesome. Because he's so cool. He's got to be so he's cool. So cool. Yeah. So I love cool. it. What do you What do you want to do that you haven't done? Like, do you have a, a type of thing that you haven't gotten to work on? Is there a dream? I want to be the lead of a show like You're the Worst or I Love Dick or like I feel like I still haven't gotten to fully show what I can do. Sure. Yeah. That <laughs> and makes sense. so, um, yeah, that's why I'm still here. I'm like, that's what I really want. So if you're out there writing something, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm your girl. Yeah, yeah, um, seriously. Yeah, because I do feel like I'm the best I've ever been um, in terms of my craft and just mental health and all that stuff. And so I just feel like I'm ready mm-hmm. 
for something well, like you're that. You're such a fucking incredible okay. talent. We got to talk about uh, Young Adult before we wrap up. Oh yeah. Oh that's because a great one. that was a fantastic film. Uh, I was dating a writer at the time when I went to go see it, so like she really identified with the movie. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching it and I was like, this movie is fantastic. Yeah. Like, how did you get cast in that movie? Like, was it? I went to um, a table read. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just needed somebody to read a bunch of extra parts at Jason Reitman's house. Mm-hmm. And I just happened, they invited me to come. And so I guess the casting director had said, yeah, she's good. So I was doing a bunch of small roles. And when I read my role, which wasn't my role at the time, everybody laughed mm-hmm. consistently at the table. And so I got called and I didn't, I thought I was too pretty to play the role. Yeah. <laughs> so How many times has that happened to me? <laughs> oh, totally. Just. And, uh, so when I went in the audition, I, I like slicked my hair, but no, because it said in the script, she's very unattractive, all this stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, well, nobody's going to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I ate cheese pizza for like the three months before we filmed. Everyone bought it and like didn't wear makeup. That was all that was required. Like greased my hair back, didn't dye it. You underestimated the power of pizza. Totally. The power of pizza, no makeup and standing across from Charlize Theron. Like anyone's going to look like dog breath. Like Right. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Now was that when you met Pat Nozzle? Was on on that movie the first time you worked with him? No. So he played my boss in Observe and Report. Oh, that's right. Okay. Shit. Yes. Yes. I've worked with him three times and- I love him. I yeah, love wow. his comedy. I love him as a human. Just, he's an incredible person. That last special he did on Netflix yeah. where he talked about the death of his wife. Amazing. Well, and now yeah. his new wife, Meredith Salinger, I was became obsessed with her on Instagram um, and just like started following her. She writes just really sweet. She's so transparent and positive and authentic mm-hmm. on there. And then, so I followed their whole love story, like a little <laughs> oh, wow. stalker. And so when I saw Pat at work, I was like, Oh my God, I love Meredith. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They just have the sweetest love story. Wow. Anyway, that's follow really cool. them. On but now Instagram. she's got to solve a 40 year old murder mystery. That's her job now. No, no, it's his no. last wife did. Uh, yeah, but that's his, oh, but yeah, yeah but no. she did. Yeah, yeah. That's Matt Walker. Did. Gotta live up to the old wife. No, I don't know. Oh, oh. Matt, what's <laughs> the matter with you? So this dark. Is what, this is getting so dark. I'm a bad person. This is why you have, <laughs> have to have that other website. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, uh, I do have mattwalkersucks.com where people can complain about this kind of comment. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so do you, people do that? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think do. today yeah. they really? will. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Um, Colette, yes. where... Uh, <laughs> Where do you live? Where no. you, yes. Uh, where uh, where uh, can people follow you on the interwebs? Where um, can people check you out. Well, I'm on. Technically, I'm on Twitter, but I've deleted it because it was depressing me. Yes. So go follow me on there if you want. But I'm currently <laughs> off. Um, no Instagram. I sure. I'm regularly on Instagram. Colette Wolf. Uh, same with Facebook, though. It's a graveyard. So follow me if you want, but I'm only going to update that like once every two years. So besides Pat Oswalt's wife, what else do you like to follow on Instagram? Uh, all my friends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And beauty products. <laughs> like, I love it. You know, things that guys aren't going to be interested in hearing about. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Mike, where can people where can people find you, Mike? Uh, at Mike Black Attack on all social media. And, and what do you post pictures of? Uh, mostly action figures. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you do. Um, also, if you play video games, uh, Humorous Black is my gamer tag. So uh, play games with me if you want. Yeah. Why didn't you get Mike Black Attack Oh, and on I'm, there? I also uh, co-host a show called The Power Pals, which but is yeah, fun. It's a great why, show. Was Mike Black Attack already taken on Xbox Live? No, I just uh, a lot of people thought it was a racist thing. 
Oh, uh, and okay. So Cause I was it, like, yeah, because oh, it's gaming. Yeah, it's I get gamers, it. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay. I can it's see the internet. I understand that. Now. So I just yeah. changed yeah. it. That's good. What about you, Matt? Uh, you can find links to everything at funnymat.com, or as mentioned, you can let me know if you don't like me at mattwalkersucks.com. <laughs> and if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see pictures of uh, cakes and pies that I make. And You're very good at making really? cakes and pies. Oh, yeah. He's a great chef. Oh, yeah. Mine's a lot of flowers in my garden. I have a really pretty garden. I'll show you pictures. Yeah. I like that. Uh, You can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-P-H-E-N, Glickman at Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast. Leave comments and questions and all sorts of wonderful stuff. Uh, We... Uh, our live show we're back at the Hollywood Improv May 26th so if you're in town in Los Angeles come check us out Colette you're the fucking coolest thank you for doing this and thank, thank God for having for me Chipotle. thank you I know right you bet oh. Stand on